Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hi, thanks for joining me. What does safely working at height mean? Safely working at height is critical to keep your employees from falling to the ground, the level below, or into holes such as trenches and service pits. Ideally, we should complete work at ground level, but in many instances this is just not possible. And because so much of the work we do requires employees to work at height, organisations must put in place safety measures and train in safe practices. For this podcast, we take a look at what safely working at height means and the measures you can take to keep your employees safe. We have written extensively about how to work safely at height. So what I'm going to do for this podcast is bring those articles together into one recording so that we can help you to keep your people safe. To start off, let's take a look at the statistics. Falls from height can lead to serious injuries that often result in fatalities. And sadly, there's been no improvement in the number of fall from height fatalities in Australia in the past eight years. The statistics reveal that every year, on average, 29 people die from work-related falls. Falling from height is the cause of 11% of all work-related deaths. Half of the fatal falls involve distances of 3 metres or less, 31% from height of 2 metres or less, and a further 19% involve falls from between 2 and 3 metres. The industries with the highest number of serious falls-related claims are construction, where 20% of the fatalities are falls from height, manufacturing, that have 12%, and transport and storage industries, with 11% of their fatalities due to a fall from height. Falls from ladders are the primary cause of work-related fatalities, followed by falls from trucks and semi-trailers. Falls-related fatality rates increase with age, with 65% of all fall-from-height fatalities occurring in workers aged 45 years and over. And the question needs to be asked, why are we still having fall-from-height injuries? Well, there are two reasons. One is poor design, with a lack of barricading and warning signs, and the second is poor training where the information is not effectively communicated to your employees. Where possible, you should try to eliminate the risk of working at height at the design stage. At the start of any project, the design of plant and structures can significantly impact the risks of a fall. Working on the roof, for example, creates significant risk but there are things that you can do to provide areas to safely work at height. Safe building design includes using non-fragile roof materials, locating plant items such as air conditioners on the ground or away from roof edges, using permanent safety mesh, considering the location of anchor points and mounting roof vents at low level. Access to areas at height should 
have safe entry to and exit from, and edge protection, for example, permanent guardrails. Safe entry and exit not only applies to buildings and structures, you should ensure that you consider scaffolds, elevated work platforms and mobile plant that also require handrails, guardrails and barriers, tow boards, stairways and ladders. All of these protections help to support safely working at height. Where practical, eliminating the risk of a fall by working on the ground is the best solution. However, where that is not possible, establishing a solid construction that has barriers installed to prevent a person falling over edges and into holes supports safely working at height. You must construct a barrier that can withstand the force of someone falling against it. Barriers should consist of guardrails, solid balustrades or other structural components, for example wire mesh supported by posts and provided with a reinforced top edge. The top of the guardrail or component should be between 900mm and 1100mm above the working surface. If you use a guardrail system, it should also have mid-rails and tow boards or wire mesh infill panels. Holes, penetrations and openings must be made safe immediately after being formed, for example with covers, barricading or by embedded mesh. The cover should also include signage indicating its purpose as a cover. For example, you may have displayed danger hole beneath. The next thing I'd like to talk about is how to make temporary platforms safe to use. Temporary platforms include scaffolds, elevating work platforms, mast climbers, work boxes, building maintenance units, portable or mobile fabricated platforms, or any other platform that provides a working area designed to prevent a fall. The first temporary platform that I wanted to talk about was using scaffolds because they're very commonly used in many construction, mining and civil construction sites. First of all, you should not use a scaffold where a person or object can fall more than 4 metres. Now scaffolding platforms are generally rated as light, medium or heavy duty and they have specified weight and usage. Scaffolds must be strong enough to support the weight of your employees and the materials and tools that they're using. And there are different types of scaffolds, including fixed, frame, temporary and mobile. To safely work at height using a scaffold, they are all required to be placed on a level, flat, compacted surface, free of open floor edges and penetrations, and installed well clear of power lines. Elevated work platforms and scissor lifts are also commonly in use to make safely working at height a controlled process. The main hazards related to the use of EWPs are unplanned contact with electric lines, overturning the machine, falling from the work platform and potential crushing risks when elevating the platform or moving it laterally. While working inside the EWP, your employer should be wearing a fall arrest harness. The fall arrest harness lanyard should be as short as possible and attached directly to the designated anchor point on the EWP 
and not to the handrail. EWPs and scaffolds are the most common types of work platforms, but then you have workboxes and other types of platforms. For example, mass climbing work platforms, which are hoists with a working platform that is used to raise workers and material to a temporary working position. Workboxes and work platforms consist of a platform surrounded by edge protection, designed to provide an elevated work area for people working from the box. Workboxes are designed to be supported from above by a crane, hoist or other mechanical device whereas work platforms are designed to be supported from underneath or the side by forklifts or other mechanical devices. All workboxes must be securely attached and not suspended over people. Safely working at height while in the workbox requires your employees to be attached to the anchorage by a lanyard and harness unless the workbox is fully enclosed. Because we have been talking about safety harnesses and lanyards, it's probably a good time to talk about fall arrest PPE. Individual fall arrest systems are a type of personal protective equipment or fall arrest PPE. And you should only use fall arrest PPE when it's not reasonably practicable to use higher level control measures or use them together with higher level controls as an additional safeguard. Fall arrest PPE includes anchorages, including a rail system, lifelines, lanyards, shock absorbers and inertia reels, rope and wire grabs, harnesses, snap hooks and carabiners, which might be double or triple action to prevent rollout, and rescue equipment. To safely use fall arrest PPE, your employee should wear a full body harness that fits well and is not too large. They must attach the fall arrest PPE to a suitable anchor point as high as the equipment permits and do that before moving into a position where they could fall. Also, there should be a minimum of slack in the fall arrest lanyard between the worker and the attachment. You must train your employees on how to use fall arrest PPE and if the equipment has been used to arrest a fall, you shouldn't use it again until it's been inspected and certified by a competent person that it's safe to use once more. Finally, you need a rescue plan in place if an employee falls and all employees need to know what to do in the case of a fall emergency. The next thing to consider when using fall arrest PPE is the maximum safe free fall distance. The lower the free fall distance while using fall arrest systems, the better. However, the maximum safe distance is two meters. There needs to be sufficient distance from the work surface and any surface below to enable the system to deploy fully. To work out the safe free fall distance, you must calculate the worker's height the height and position of the anchorage point, the length of the lanyard, any slack in the horizontal lifeline, any stretching of the lanyard or horizontal lifeline when extended by a fall, and the length of the energy absorber when extended by a fall. The next area I'd like to discuss is why we need 
guardrails, tow boards and safety mesh. Where there is a possibility of a fall from height from 2 metres or over, guardrails help to protect your employee's safety while working at height. Guardrails include handrails set at between 900 and 1100 millimetres and mid-rails. Installing tow boards and safety mesh prevents tools and materials from falling to the level below. These materials can act as projectiles if they come into contact with people and structures below. Safety mesh doesn't prevent falls from the edge of a roof or through holes in a roof. You should always use safety mesh in conjunction with other types of fall prevention devices such as edge protection, for example guardrails, or other control measures such as fall arrest systems. You should use guardrails to provide effective fall prevention at the edges of roofs, at the edges of mezzanine floors, walkways, stairways, ramps and landings, on top of planted structures where you require access, around openings in floor and roof structures, and at the edges of shafts, pits and other excavations. Safely working at heights also means preventing falls into excavations and trenches. You should either install guard railing, including guardrails fitted to the top edges of trench shields, or a barrier approximately 1.5 metres back from the excavation to prevent people from approaching the trench. Next, we should discuss what a catch platform is and how you should use one. Catch platforms can provide a safe landing for falling workers but only licensed scaffolders should construct and erect fixed or mobile catch platforms. They must be of a robust construction that's strong enough to withstand the maximum potential impact load of a falling worker, equipment, materials and tools. Catch platforms should always incorporate a fully planked out deck and you must position them so the deck extends at least 2 metres beyond any unprotected edges of the work area except where extended guard railing is fitted to the catch platform. Also, it would be best if you position them as close as possible to the underside of the work area. When installing catch platforms, always make sure that the distance a person could fall before landing on the catch platform is no more than one metre. Finally, you must always use catch platforms together with edge protection. Next, we should look at how safety nets are useful. When you need fall protection and freedom of movement, safety nets act as a great fall arrest system. It's always a good idea to use safety nets together with rigging and scaffold platforms and components. Once again, only licensed scaffolders should erect and service safety nets. If you use safety nets, they must be made of material strong enough to catch a falling person or thing, and they must be securely anchored. You should hang them as close as is practicable to the underside of the working area and no more than 2 metres below. Always make sure the safety net has sufficient tension and clearance to prevent a falling person contacting any surface or structure below the safety net. Also, you should not perform any hot work above a safety net because that can damage or perforate it. And you should not allow rubbish or waste to accumulate because they can affect the safety net's integrity and they add additional weight. And finally, when you're not using your safety nets, 
Store them in dry and shaded areas to prevent deterioration. Another piece of working at height equipment is a ladder. And choosing a ladder to work at height should be your last choice after ruling out all other options. Too often, they are the first consideration and using ladders results in a significant number of serious and fatal fall injuries. Safely working at height using a ladder starts with selecting one that suits the work you may wish to carry out. You should inspect the ladder before use for any defects and if damaged, do not use. Note the load rating, which should be at least 120 kilo. When setting up a ladder, you should check that it is the correct height for the work to avoid overreaching or stretching. You should make sure the locking devices are secure. That you never place the ladder so that the rungs support the weight of the ladder and any person using it. That you set it up on a solid and stable surface to prevent the ladder from slipping. When you're working with extension ladders, ensure that you have a slope of 4 to 1. That means the distance between the ladder base and the supporting structure should be about 1 metre for every 4 metres of working ladder height. And you must secure it at the top and the bottom. When working off a ladder, you must always maintain three points of contact. When you're going up or down, you should always have two feet and one hand or one foot and two hands on the ladder. When you're working from a ladder, you should always have two feet and one other point of contact within the ladder, such as your hand or thighs leaning up against it. You should always use a tool belt or side pouch so that you don't have to carry materials or tools while you're climbing the ladder. And remember to only perform light duty work while on the ladder, where tools can be operated safely using one hand. Always make sure that no one works underneath the ladder or is on it at the same time as you are. Never straddle a ladder and always wear slip resistant footwear. I'd now like to finish this discussion by presenting you with eight working at height safety myths. And the first one is, it's a quick job, but no matter the length of the job, two minutes or all day, employers must provide compliant fall protection equipment. There should also be a risk assessment and a rescue plan in place before any work at height activities. When working at height, you must wear your PPE fall prevention equipment in the event a fall occurs. Sadly, there have been some recent fall accidents where employees have removed their fall arrest PPE and then placed themselves back at height to complete a little bit of work that they've missed and then fallen to their death. The second myth is, I'm not that high up. Many falls happen from working from relatively low heights. Even though you may only be working a few metres above the ground, a fall can still result in a serious injury. Falls can happen when you access and exit machinery, buildings and structures. The most effective way to protect workers from falling from height is to eliminate the need to work at height. 
you must also keep in mind that the design, manufacture or modification of any plant or structure can significantly affect the risk of falls. Thoughtful design and early consideration of the potential risk of falls can result in the elimination of such risks. A third myth is that fall protection is too expensive. Now some employers may think that installing fall protection measures in their design is an additional cost that they don't need. However, the cost of a fatality or a serious injury can run into the hundreds and thousands of dollars. There are investigation fees, fines, workers' compensation costs, negative publicity, loss of productivity, and the possibility of jail time if found to be negligent. Remember, in many states in Australia, industrial manslaughter laws are now in place. An investment into specialist fall protection equipment, regular compliance testing, as well as associated worker at height training, will help to prevent accidents with potential fatal or life-changing injuries. The fourth myth is the safety harness will protect me. When using fall arrest equipment, you must correctly calculate the fall clearance and ensure that lanyards and safety lines are the correct length. If you fall, you don't want to come into contact with structures before your PPE has had a chance to protect you. There are ways to calculate the safe fall clearance when setting up safety lines and lanyards and we've discussed them earlier in this podcast. But just as a reminder, measure the free fall distance, add the arrest distance and be aware of the stretch of the lanyard and harness. Then just add a little bit extra length just to be safe. My fifth myth is working safely at height is common sense. Assuming that employees have skills and knowledge to work at height safely is totally flawed. Relying on common sense is equally so. Training on how to work safely at height is critical and your employees need to know what constitutes a fall risk, when and where to use fall arrest PPE and the physical protection that can be used to prevent a fall from height. The sixth myth is, I don't need to inspect my PPE. Safety equipment can fail, especially if you don't inspect it regularly and maintain it. And relying on the equipment itself is not enough. When using fall arrest PPE, you should always check before you use it. You should check for signs of damage or deterioration, frayed belts or broken catches. And if you find any defects, the equipment should not be used and it should be tagged out of service. You should always keep the equipment clean and in good working order. You should also remember that each piece of fall arrest PPE has a specified lifespan. Once that time has elapsed, it must be replaced even if the equipment has had minimal use. My seventh myth is emergency services will save me if I fall. Relying on emergency services in the event of a fall from height is highly risky because you might be working in a remote location or where you land may make access to you very difficult. You must have in place a complete rescue procedure in the event of a fall and all employees should be trained in the procedure and be aware of what to do in an emergency. Now the final myth is my reactions will save me. It takes time for you to register that you're falling. 
and in those first few seconds you can travel around 6 metres. Your reactions will not save you from a fall because once you're falling, you can't stop that from happening. I've discussed what safely working at height means in terms of falls from height and to depth and the measures you can take to promote safe practices. Falls from height often result in serious injuries that lead to fatalities. Designing out the need to work from height and perform activities on the ground where possible is the first step in safely working at height because that removes the risk. However, when work at height must occur, then temporary platforms such as scaffolds, EWPs, workboxes and other working platforms provide a higher level of protection than things like ladders. Too often we use ladders to work at height when temporary platforms are a safer alternative. Training employees to think carefully about their equipment selections and how they work at height should be a priority for organisations because there's been no improvement in the number of fall from height fatalities and we really need to see those numbers coming down. I hope you enjoyed the discussion around the eight safety myths and I hope you agree that they truly are myths. Keep safe and try not to work at height wherever you can. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.